Church Project. Um, we're super pumped you're here. We're glad that you're here. A church, and we are a gathering of people that love Jesus. We love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. Uh, we're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. And so we're, we don't have this thing figured out. No one's been to church yet tomorrow morning or even this afternoon. And so we humbly walk just saying, God, show us who you are and show us how to be your church in this day. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you have a smartphone, one of these cool phones, you can open up your YouVersion Bible app or download it. It's free. You can search the events and the notes for today's message are on those events, and I'd encourage you to download those so you can talk about them over coffee and with friends and at house church and wherever it may be, and that's on the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, we we've been talking a lot about a wedding because last night our very own Brad and Krista um, had a beautiful wedding in Denver, and so you know Krista's been walking with us for a while, and that's like an answer to prayer, and it was so cool to celebrate with people down in Denver, and so if you uh, didn't know that, I don't know where you've been because we've been talking about it for months, but that's a cool celebration, right? That, that's good. Um, I want to remind us a couple things before we jump into the message. One is House Church does not meet this week. This is the first Wednesday of the month. And so here's what we've learned about the first Wednesdays of the month. We're going to come here. It's going to start at 6.30, right? I think. Jeremy, someone? Yes, okay. 6.30, and um, God is going to show up. It's going to be an hour of just worship. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. We'll worship, we'll pray, we'll reflect. I would encourage you, if, your time, if time permits it, get together with your house church. Get together with a buddy. Um, go and have dinner beforehand. Come here early and pray. But hey, starting at 6.30 is first Wednesday. So invite your friends and neighbors. Invite whoever to be in this room as we praise God from downtown Greeley. This will be our third one, and I love it. It's amazing. So hopefully you'll join us for that. Um, I would like us, if we would, we're going to cover just a few verses today. We're ending Acts chapter chapter 20, and we're moving on to Acts chapter 21, and in, and in Church Project, we go verse by verse. We've been going through Acts for a while now, and we're speeding up towards the end of Acts, so let's read Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 36, so if you would, let's stand, and I'm going to read the Word of God today. Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 36, when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Then we start in chapter 21. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea Sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there to, to Patra. Let's pray. God, I pray that th these obscure little verses will jump off of the pages and find their way in our hearts today. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. World's shortest prayer. 
So if you're just jumping in the middle of this, this is Paul, and he's leaving the city of Ephesus. He's been there for three and a half years. He's been preaching the good news gospel message of Jesus. Um, He's been kicked out of places. He's had to rent another facility to go meet in. The church is alive. And previously, in the verses that we covered last week, we see Paul saying to the church, the elders of the church of Ephesus, hey, listen, church. I'm about to leave. I'm going to Rome. You're not going to see me again. And, and so we see the wrap-up of Paul making that great statement. And we re- now, because we have scripture, we know he goes to Rome and he dies for this thing he believes in. And I think he knows that. I think he knows that like, great things are coming. And so he sees the church and says, listen, it's been great doing church with you for three and a half years. But we've got elders and you're in good hands. You don't need me. I've got my own journey to walk, and we see the end of this story. What an intimate story, right? If, if we put ourselves in the middle of this story, what did it smell like? What did it look like? What did the ship look like? What is it like many men and women kissing Paul? I didn't, I'm not sure about that one. But I can put myself in this story. And what I'd really like to talk about look, looking at these verses is, is that, hey, in life, I've learned it. You have as well. People come and go, don't they? Relationships, they come and go. Just take a second and think back of all the people you've ever met your entire life. I mean, dude, Buford's here. Look at that guy. He's strong right there. My high school buddy just showed up. Thanks, man. That's awesome. He could take me, though. (laughs) People come and go. And here's what I think we learn in this passage especially, is be faithful to what God is doing in each and every one of our relationships. As long as we're in these relationships, be faithful to each and every relationship. And you see a group of people that have been doing life together for three and a half years. And they walk and kiss Paul. And they put him on a ship and they watch him till he's disappearing. Like they're faithful to the very end of this relationship. And I guarantee that wasn't the end either. I guarantee that as he was gone the next day, they continued to pray for him and he began to and continued to pray for them, like very faithful to every relationship. Church, let's wring out every drop of eternal greatness from every relationship that we have. Especially as brothers and sisters, we say we're eternal beings, brothers and sisters in, in Christ. Like, let's wring out every drop and experience everything that that relationship has. The highs, the lows, the encouragements, the kick in the tails. Like, let's experience it all and let's not take for granted the power of relationships. Especially as eternal beings, brothers and sisters that call ourselves Christians. Like, look to the person next to you or behind you or in front of you. Give them a little punch. Say, it's all good. We got this. Elijah, punch him back there. Like, thank you. I want to ring this out for all it's worth. I want to just point out a couple things in this passage because I think God's got incredible words that are going to jump off of of, of this passage here. When Paul had finished speaking, you see he knelt down with all of them and prayed. And they all wept and embraced him and, and kissed him. 
And what grieved him the most, what grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again, that they would never see his face again. Think about relationships where you could say that as well, like people that you've lived life with and you may never see them again. Do you pray for them? Do you think of them? Especially as the Spirit reminds us and brings them to mind. Like this day and age with text, it's super easy. You can send random text messages to Dude Buford in Ordway, Colorado, because he brings, God brings them to your mind, heart. They would never see his face again. That grieved them the most. And you see what they do next. Like, then they accompany him to the ship. Like, they take this relationship as far as they can. They're like, you're leaving? We're walking with you. What do you need? I don't know. Are they carrying his bags? Does he have bags? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. What does it look like when you're in this story? What does it look like to accompany Paul to the ship and take that relationship as far far as it could go, to the edge of the water. I don't know. Maybe you're throwing rocks at the ship trying to hit it, just joking around with them because you have that kind of relationship. Like, I don't know. But what does it look like? They accompanied him. And then, you, and then, then it goes to chapter 21. And, and I didn't stop at the end of 20 because I think 21 is just a great wrap-up to it because you see this group of people accompanying Paul to the edge of the water as far as they could take that relationship. Then we get in chapter 21. After we had torn ourselves away from them, this isn't the people talking about Paul. This is Paul talking about his group of people that are leaving. And so you see this group of people take Paul as far as they could. And then in chapter 21, Paul says, after we torn ourselves away from them. And so he's on a ship with his brothers here. He says, after we tore ourselves away from them. Does that feel good? Does that word torn feel good? Like what was this moment? How deep was this moment? After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went, and I wanna just stop right there. The next day we went. Went to the next city, went to the next city, went to Rome continued on the journey. Hey, people come and go in life, don't they? Even family members come and go in life. And to be super faithful to the relationships that God has given us and take those relationships as far as we can take them, ring them out for all their eternal greatness that they are. That's a good challenge for all of us. Who do you have in your life where if a departure had to come, like what we're reading about here, you would say you were torn away from them. Think about it. Who are you doing life with right now where if a departure happened, it would be like part of your heart is getting ripped in half as they move on or as you move on. Thank God for that relationship. Because I think few are those relationships in life. And as a body of Christ, have we not already experienced a lot of torn relationships where people that we've worshipped with have moved on to other places like Houston and, and they've traveled through? Like I love the church because the diversity of the church, but that's also the thing that pains me the most is when people move out like they're supposed to and they go, we make disciples and they go make disciples of other people and it's like, why are you moving? We're eternal beings in a temporal world. Let's ring out every relationship for 
every ounce of joy that we can get from it. Amen? The Bible is filled with relational departures. And I'm going to highlight a few of these, and they're definitely in your notes. You can jot them down if, if you don't have your U version up. But the Bible is filled with relational departures. And I'm just going to start riddling through some, okay? John chapter 19, verses 25 through 26. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. His mother's sister, the Mary, the wife of, of Clopas, and, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, when Jesus looked at his, at his mother there, and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, Jesus said to her, dot, dot, dot. The Bible doesn't say dot, 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 but we're going to leave it at that. As Jesus is on the cross, he looks and he sees his mother and he sees his disciples and he says to them, a relational departure. What did he mend in her when he spoke to her, his mother? Because Jesus spoke and the Bible is filled with God redeeming and mending relationships. So I wonder what words he spoke. I mean, we can see it in the Bible what he spoke. But what does it mean to her when he speaks to her on the cross and to the disciples on the cross? Church, as you stand near the cross of Jesus, what does he say about you and me? What does he mend in you and me? As we approach the cross of Jesus and he's hanging there and he looks up nearing death and he sees us and he speaks to us, what does he say to you and me? Because that's a personal, deep, intimate thing. Put yourself in that story. The Bible is filled with relational departures. Man, God is about cooperation with humankind, with man and woman, as he rebuilds broken relationships. We see it all through the Bible. He wants to cooperate with us as he rebuilds relationships. He's continually rebuilding our relationships to people, to places, to things, to situations. The deep moments of flesh and blood. Pinch your neighbor, flesh and blood. Whoa, 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 whoa. don't do that. The deep moments of flesh and blood relationships are powerful imagos, if you would. Things that remind us. Or, if you would, mnemonic devices, things that remind us. And sometimes they whisper or sometimes they shout through all space and time that God is good. You can look at the relationship next to you or the people that you have in life and say, God is good because I can see you. We're in relationship together. God is continuing to mend relationships. And these moments captured in relationships are beyond bland and boring. The people that we have in our life, they are not dull. Our flesh and blood relationships have the fingerprint of deity when we look beyond the temporal and into the eternal. Why is that so important? The next time someone just really ticks you off and you want to lose your cool, 
and you want to take this moment and just slay the other person, remember that they are there to remind you that God is there to rebuild relationships and you are eternal beings. God has pursued you and wants to mend broken relationships and may that be our challenge, right? May we do that everywhere that we go. So Mary's watching Jesus on the cross, and in this sense, very much, God cooperated and mended the, uh, the broken relationship to injustice. If I'm Mary, I'm like, it is not fair. My son is dying on the cross. And whatever Jesus whispers to her, maybe not in that moment, but it mends a broken relationship to injustice in this moment. Okay, there's a good example. David Watching Bathsheba bathing. Uh-oh. Not so good, David, if you know this story. It's in 2 Samuel eleven two. We're talking about God noticing us. We're talking about Mary noticing Jesus. We're talking about people noticing Paul as he goes away. Well, let's take a moment to talk about David watching Bathsheba bathing. God cooperated and mended mended the broken relationship to pride in David in that moment. And maybe maybe not in that exact moment of him watching a woman bathe that wasn't his wife, but through time you see in the coming days, weeks, months, and years, David is stripped of his pride, is he not? So you see a proud man saying, I can look at another man's wife, I'm king. And you see God cooperating with David, even in his brokenness, to mend that broken relationship to pride. David's power and pride took him to places he never thought he would go. Read it. Okay, let's continue. King Nebuchadnezzar watched Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Watched them in the furnace. He's like, there's three people in there. Wait, no, we put three people in there. There's four in there now. Who's the fourth person? Read this story. It's pretty cool. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25. God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to inspiration. I'm kind of putting my own words in here. You can put your own words in here, right? But I imagine if I am King Nebuchadnezzar, I've never been more inspired than I know that I put three people in there. Now there's four. God is doing incredible things. Like, I'm so inspired. And you can read the the passages and the verses that come after this. Like, he's inspired. He's like, may that God be all of our gods. He's inspired. What word would you put there? Maybe you can come up with a better one, but hey, I'm speaking, so whatever. (laughs) Jesus wept and saw his dead friend Lazarus. Another moment of eternal greatness. Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible, by the way. It's okay to cry. Jesus wept and saw with his eyes his dead friend Lazarus. And in that moment, we see God cooperating and mending the broken relationship to emotions. I like that word. I'm like, dude, some of us are tough, tough cookies, man. We ain't going to cry. We ain't going to show our emotions. Jesus wept, man. Deity. So some of us may have a broken relationship to emotions, and we don't deal with our emotions healthy, in a healthy manner. Well, here we see God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to emotions as Jesus himself wept. 
Some of us may really need to do some soul searching and maybe even professional counseling to figure out how to deal with our emotions in a healthy manner. Amen? Ooh, I thought of you guys when I, when I put this one down. Elisha watched God take Elijah in the clouds. They're walking, and Elisha's watching his mentor go up in the clouds. Incredible. And in this moment, in 2 Kings 2, 12, we see this, like God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to empowering. To this point, Elijah was leading the way. And Elijah's like, I'm getting taken by God. And we see Elisha being empowered by God. And I don't know what it was like walking underneath the greatness of Elijah, but I imagine if I'm Elisha, it's going to take something like that for me to feel competent to actually lead. Right? So you see God cooperating with men and healing and mending this broken relationship. We see another one here. The church of Corinth watches Paul in general as Paul speaks He says, follow me as I follow God. And we see in this moment, God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to leading. Paul's like, I'll lead. And maybe I'll be the best example of leading you've ever seen. And maybe you'll mimic me and you'll do that because I'm trying to mimic God. Do Do you get all this? A couple more. Everyone watched until Nehemiah built the wall. Everyone watched until Nehemiah built the wall. And we see in this moment, God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to urgency and purpose. People are like, I'm good with this broken wall. I mean, I'm playing Nintendo and ordering pizza. And then we see Nehemiah come and God's like, that's a broken relationship to urgency and purpose. I've given you life. I've come to give you urgency. And we see Nehemiah coming and God cooperating to mend that broken relationship in our lives. How about this? King Saul watches David kill Goliath. Remember that little boy that killed the giant? And in this moment in 1 Samuel 17, 51, God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to, oh man, abdication. Giving up leadership. It shouldn't have been a little boy that went out there and did the man's work that was there, right? But everyone abdicated their leadership. And we see God mending that broken relationship. You like all this? We're going to keep going all day, so keep stretching. Actually, this is the last one that I want to point out. I I had super fun with this, man. I had a lot of fun. I bet if you went through Scripture and just saw how God wants to cooperate and mend broken relationships, you would create your own list. That's fun. This is the last one. Jesus, again, looking into the face of God on the cross. I wonder what that interaction looked like. And we see God cooperated and mended the broken relationship to forgiveness and shame. In our lives, Satan wants to whisper that whatever we've done is not forgivable, and he wants us to walk around in shame. And we see the example of Jesus. His father wants to turn his back on him. And Jesus looks up, and you see God 
cooperating and mending the broken relationship to forgiveness and shame. May we do the same. May we accept the same. Last night was cool. A room full of people watching Brad and Krista get married. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. A few people, just think about this, a few people gathered in a house church seeing a broken heart being healed through conversation in a house church setting, through vulnerability, through the scripture coming alive. Think about this. A one-on-one conversation in the entryway of this building this morning and God cooperating and mending relationships. A kid watching how an adult points them to God and you see the eternal power in that. A kid looking at an adult saying, thank you. Thank you for showing me what it's like to love God as old folks, old fogies. How is God showing you his cooperation in restoring brokenness in your life by the very various relationships that you have right now? Like think about the relationships that you have and how is God showing you and asking you to cooperate in the restoring of your brokenness in the different relationships that you have in your life. This week I was mentored by my wife, Lauren, in laughter and restoring that relationship to laughter for me. I was shown how to express myself with clarity by my daughter, Zoe. I was reminded how to make today good by Dan Flanagan. He sends me texts, make today good. Thanks for the reminder. I was shown how life is hard But God is good by my grandpa. I was extended the hand of forgiveness by my other daughter, Audra, who helped heal that broken relationship. My broken relationship. I needed her forgiveness, by the way. I was reminded how to dream by Carter Harding. Super fun hanging out with him last night. I was inspired to boldness by Chad. I was in awe of leadership by Anne. I've had to learn patience and trust by Tim Truxell, my good friend, as he's happened to experience patience and trust with his own son. And I was shown thankfulness and reminded to be thankful by Mark. It's a glimpse of a few people and a few things in my life just this week. I've learned a great deal this week through the relationships in life. God continues to cooperate and mend me by you. He's continually mending me by you and doing the same, if you will, with the people you have in your life? Are we being faithful in what God is doing in our relationships? As we see Paul getting on a ship, 
people kissing him and taking him to the edge of the ocean and watching him, being faithful to the very end. And then we see Paul getting torn away and saying, I love you. And now I've got great things I need to go and do. Are we being faithful with every relationship God's given us to? How do we bless and release people? Like that's super important because I, I believe there's people probably in, in the city of Ephesus that were like, we don't want to release Paul. We want you here. And they would condemn and hold him back from what God had. The best thing is to bless them and release them and trust God in them. Even look at Aaron and Carl and just say, we, we bless, we release, do whatever God's going to do in you. Thank you. And it's hard. These relationships. We can either hold them or we can release them to what God has. And that might mean for some of us as well, like when God moves us on, it's time to trust and go into the unknown of what God's calling us to do. But the charge for all of us is to stand near the cross of Jesus and listen to what he's saying to us as he's mending our broken relationships in life. And look at our brothers and sisters and the physical relationships that we have and see that God is continually teaching us eternal lessons and mending and cooperating with us as he heals brokenness on us. That's super exciting. I need you and you need me. We're the body of Christ. I'm gonna ask us to just spend some time in reflection and maybe your reflection is continuing to write on this card. Um, just great words for Aaron. And I literally want you to take that card and hand it to Aaron. But let's reflect just personally. Whew, God, you're good. This is good. Your people are good. Your church is good. God, who do you, who do you have in our life that if a departure was to come, it would be like we were getting torn away from them? May we not neglect that relationship. May we not just assume it's going to be there tomorrow. May we wring it out for all of its worth. So church, just take a few minutes to think of such people and thank God for them. Church, as we reflect, as we stand near the cross and we look at you dying for our sins, what are you saying to us? What do you want to heal in us? Because your words have that power. God, as we think back in our week and in our life, may we just be reminded and cooperate with you as you continue to restore our brokenness 
in the lives of our various relationships that we have. May you remind us of eternal things and inspire us through your people. And then church, I would just ask us to in this moment just humbly ask God, God, are we being faithful in what you're doing in our relationships? We thank you for loving us deeply, eternally. And may we do the same to everyone we encounter.